Hey guys, thank you for joining me on Set Apart with KC, only on the BMG Network. I had a great vacation last week. I hope you missed me. My family and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina. We had a wonderful time just relaxing on the beach. Well, as wonderful as you can with four kids and 13-hour car ride each way. But honestly, it was relaxing and wonderful. Now, while I was on vacation, we heard about the court case. Now, I, you heard me discuss this right before I went on vacation. I was lividly mad because New York State had decided that they could remove religious exemptions from all healthcare workers. I don't know why they thought that, but they did. And all of a sudden, all of these healthcare workers in New York State were gonna lose their job. Now, while I was on vacation, I was helping friends with their religious exemptions, even though we had heard that they were gonna be, the regulations say that they were gonna be taken away, I was still helping friends file them because I knew, I believed and I knew, that it was illegal what the Department of Health was doing. It was against um, this 1964 um, Civil Rights Act and the First Amendment and not even within their purview to do. I mean, they can't make laws. So they can make regulations though. So while I was traveling on Tuesday with four kids in the car, and that day we did 12 hours of the drive, I got a message from a friend who said, call me right away. And they let me know that the court ordered a TRO, that's a temporary restraining order, against the Department of Health regulation. And it was based on the grounds that it violated the First and Fourteenth Amendments, the Supremacy Clause, and the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. So it's pretty dead on in the law there. I'm thinking about going to law over here. Now, what was really great about this order, it was in Utica, New York. What was really great about it was that the judge ordered that the DOH could not enforce restricting religious exemptions. The DOH was barred from interfering in any way with the granting of religious exemptions. So basically, they could not tell employers, healthcare facilities, that they couldn't accept religious exemptions. They're not allowed to do that. And then on top of that, this was such a smart move on the judge too, he ordered that the DOH cannot take any action a disciplinary action like taking away a license, certifications, funding on anyone accepting religious exemptions. Now, the Department of Health is until uh, September 22nd at 5 p.m. to file and serve all submissions in opposition to this. And then they're going to be heard on September 28th at 10 a.m. for an in-person oral argument to, to fight against this TRO. I'm pretty sure they're going to do that. I've heard that they are. I think it's ridiculous. I think, I, I really think that um, if these lawyers went in and made no other case other than here's the Constitution, here's the laws, they have no right to violate them, that they would win the case. But as happy as I am about all of this, you, you know, you never know. You never know what judge you're going to get. And this is temporary. It's a temporary restraining order. So who knows what will happen? I have no idea. It would not be outside the realm of possibilities that, you know, New York suddenly, quote unquote, has a rise in cases and then they call a state of emergency and then they do have, with under, with under a state of emergency, the right to mandate certain things. And I see that probably happening again with masks 
and lockdowns. And I hope people lose their minds about it because it's that wrong. Just It's just that wrong. Now, I know you heard about the Biden mandates, the federal employees and any business over 100 employers that now have to be vaccinated. Unlike what happened in New York State with the Department of Health, religious exemptions and medical exemptions do still apply to this, but they'll probably be limited just like the Department of Health said that they were going to do. So this is all happening at the same time that England is pulling their vaccine passports. So it's kind of funny, but it is what it is. I read today that OSHA doesn't even know if they're able to do this, if it's feasible. So not shocking that Joe Biden would do something that then he finds out isn't feasible. But we all heard him say when he was talking, or I, I, I hope you heard him say, that we must do this, we must have these mandates so we can protect the vaccinated. Taking a little bit of a break right there because the sheer stupidity of those words, protect the vaccinated. Aren't the vaccinated protected because the vaccine works and it protects them? Huh. Um, so I want to read you something that I saw. It was a it was a Twitter tweet on Facebook. Sounds funny. Now, give me a little bit of grace here, please, because this is kind of like that. She sells, she, she, uh, see, I can't do it. She sells, she sells seashells at the seashore. I can't, I can't do it. So it's a little bit like that. So just give me a little bit of grace, okay? So this is what it said. The protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected. So, yeah. Um, basically, we're going to force the people who didn't get the vaccine to take the vaccine so that it protects the people who had the vaccine because the vaccine is not protecting them. I don't know if you can see how illogical that is, but I will tell you that that quote on Facebook was marked false. And when you click on why, why was it why was it marked f partly false? It's be, it says underneath the shot is not failing. It is protecting people. And I was like, you've got to be, you've got to be kidding me. If it is protecting the people, then tell me why in Maryland counties, thirty to forty percent of the hospitalizations are fully vaccinated, are fully vaccinated, and that that number of fully vaccinated people hospitalized is increasing rapidly rapidly according to the hospital administrators now this reminds me of israel where 95 percent of their hospitalizations were in the unvaccinated they're at their they're at what 80 percent vaccinated now in the, the people who are eligible but they're at their highest rates of cases ever i i i don't know how you can't see that this isn't working it's not working you have a vaccine that cannot stop you from getting it, cannot stop you from spreading it, and apparently isn't doing that great of a job from keeping you from dying or being hospitalized. I saw a story this week about a family who was mad. Their, their family member, an it was a vaccinated woman who died from COVID, and they're mad at unvaccinated people because their vaccinated wife died, or our vaccinated friend, or whoever, whatever the relation would be, vaccinated family member died of COVID. So your friend your family member took the protection. The protection didn't work. And now you want to blame the person who didn't take the protection that didn't work. 
How does this make sense? Ugh, I just... I, I, I'm going to have like red marks on my forehead from rubbing it back and forth going, what is happening in this world? I want to give you some more good news on top of the whole um, Department of Health thing. Kids cases, kids cases of COVID, right? I mean, people's worst fear is that their kids would get sick with something and die. So uh, the numbers have come out and I want to tell you some comparisons, right? Because all we keep hearing on the news is kids are in the hospital, kids are dying, kids are in the hospital, kids are dying. You, that these that that it's bad out there right let's look at some numbers here in kids cases may of last year 5200 per 1000 kids had covid okay 5200 per 1000 as of september of this year just just this month 7000 per 100000 so that's correct there are there are more cases but here's what i want you to listen to hospitalizations okay may of last year 3.8% of COVID cases in kids were hospitalized. September of this year, 0.8% of COVID cases in children were hospitalized. That's 4.75 times lower now than it was last year. But still, some, some hospitalizations, right? Let's talk about deaths. Now, I want to preface this, okay? Because I, I want to be very, very clear that the deaths that are being counted do not take into account comorbidities. Now, what I mean by that is if a poor, sick child were on their deathbed and, and told by a doctor you, they have three days to live and they test positive for COVID that day and they die six days later and they live an extra three days, because they tested positive for COVID before they died, it's a COVID counted as a COVID death, okay? So before giving you these numbers, I want you to understand that these numbers are not died from COVID. These are died with or from COVID, okay? So May of last year, out of all the cases of COVID in children, May of last year, 0.6% died, okay? 0.6% of the COVID cases. September of this year, 0.1%. 0.1%. That's six times lower. Six times lower. Did you, the CDC just updated their information. Do you know how many children died of COVID from August of last year to August of this year? Take a guess. Say it out loud. Say it out loud right now. How many do you think? How many, let me ask you this. How many would it take? We have 73 million children in the United States. How many would it take? Would 100 out of 73 million be enough? 1,000? How many would it take before you decided, okay, we need to force a vaccine on children, a vaccine that has had some very serious side effects? How many? Decide that number right now. Would it be a million for you? A million out of 73 million? From August of last year to August of this year, according to the new CDC release data, eight children died. Now, again, any child's death is absolutely devastating. We have to look at the real numbers. We have to know what's really going on. Eight children died, and yet your children are six feet apart in schools, 
not allowed to interact with the other students, wearing face diapers all day long. I hate the phrase face diapers, but gosh, it really is like a face diaper. They're breathing in their own CO2 and spit and and just staph, uh, staphylococcus and strep and all of these things. And they're not socializing and they are absolutely miserable in their schools for the most part because they, they can't do half the things that they should be able to do. And eight children died. Now I want you to go out after you listen to this with me and I want you to look up how many children above and beyond the years beyond committed suicide last year due to this due to the lack of socialization. And I want you to look at how grades happen. And I want you to look at the fact that we've lost I, what was it 400,000 children 300,000 children out of the school systems we don't even know where they are again any death is horrendous but we need to look at real numbers here and this is not okay this is not okay you tell me why college stadiums are packed shoulder to shoulder football games baseball games Obama's freaking birthday party they are not wearing masks and yet our children in schools have to wear masks. Our children have to be three or six feet apart within a school. Our children can't sit next to each other in the cafeteria, can't throw a ball to each other at gym. You explain why there's this push for this when you can literally go out. I just, I just went to a fair. I went to a fair and a demolition derby two weeks ago. Wonderful, had a great time. The people were packed. It was like I mean, it, the people clearly didn't get to go to the fair the year before because they were desperate to be there. It was so unbelievably packed. And I'm going to tell you, 98% of people did not have on a mask or were wearing it improperly. And children, for the most part, were not masked. They just were not. It, it just, it didn't happen. And yet, three days after this fair, they went to school and had to put a mask on all day. How does that make scientific sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make scientific sense. And this is why I homeschool. Among many other reasons, this is why I homeschool. Because now we've got Dr. Fauci telling us that soon the approval is going to come through for ages five and up to be vaccinated. When at the same time, Pfizer just updated their official clinical study, a clini uh, clinical trial information for 12 to 15 year olds. And one in nine of those 12 to 15 year olds had a severe adverse effect. Oh, sorry, a severe adverse event from the COVID vaccine. And yet Fauci is out there touting that five and up are gonna be able to get this vaccine. And when you go on Facebook and you see these comments and these parents are like, I can't wait to get it for my kid. I can't wait to get it for my kids. I'm sorry, you're an idiot. You are either an idiot or you're a very, very, very fearful person well, that may still might make you an idiot. Um, you're a very, very unsensible, illogical person who does not research the things you put in your child's body. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I don't normally take lines like this. I don't normally call people idiots. I am, if you know me, if you listen to me, I, I understand people's fear. I get it. I am a kind and compassionate person. I swear I am. But you are about to inject something into your child that has a one in nine chance of a severe adverse reaction. We have no long-term studies on anything. And you're telling me eight children died in one year. One year. And now my governor, my new governor, because my idiot governor is gone, so I've got a new idiot governor, has said that she is seriously considering mandating it for children. And I just, I can't. You got 
Dr. Fauci, who, uh, Dr. Fauci this week came right out in an interview and admitted that he has no idea why we are vaccinating people with natural immunity, why we are not accepting natural immunity, and why there's a push to vaccinate people with natural immunity, even though we know that natural immunity is much stronger than vaccinated immunity. This isn't even a debatable fact anymore. We know this for a fact. And then he admitted that he has no idea what the herd immunity threshold is. So let's discuss this for a minute, okay? I mean, if you remember at the beginning, he was saying, I don't know, 70%, 80%, and then he kind of, you know, went back and forth about all of it. According to the White House this week, 75% of adults are vaccinated in the United States. Now, when you add that 75% to the drastic amount of people that have had COVID and have natural immunity, now, obviously, there's some crossover there. Some people who had natural immunity got vaccinated. But when you add that together, that 75% and the amount of people that have had COVID, okay, and have natural immunity, we're over 80%. We've got to be over 80%, okay? And yet, he's saying he doesn't know if we're at herd immunity. And let me tell you why that is. It's because we cannot have herd immunity with a vaccine that does not stop transmission. This is basic, basic science. If a vaccine does not stop you from getting it, and it does not stop you from spreading it, you cannot have herd immunity from a vaccine. It does not work. You look at Sweden. They have stinking herd immunity. Their numbers are phenomenal. Their deaths are phenomenal because they didn't lock down their people and shut down their businesses and kill their economy. They let the people that were at risk, they made their own choices. They stayed home if they wanted to. They made sensible choices about what to shut down and what not to, although I don't think you should shut down anything, but basically like schools and older kids in schools and things like that. And they allowed people to make individuals, individual decisions. And when you go and you you go on Google, and I, like I said, I don't suggest this often, and you type in Sweden COVID cases, and you look at what their cases are, and you look at what their deaths are, you're going to be wondering why the whole country didn't, the whole world didn't do this, and let alone our country, if it's following the science, did not do this. Because here we are with 75% of our population vaccinated, okay? And a good amount of them with natural herd immunity. And compared to August of last year, this August, we had 3 million more cases than August of last year when there was no vaccine. And we had 600 more deaths than August of last year when there was no vaccine. And everyone's going to say, oh, it's a Delta. It's a Delta variant. It's a Delta variant. Okay, if it is the Delta variant, you still had 300 million more cases and 600 more deaths with 75% of the population vaccinated. Something is wrong here. Something is wrong here and they're not discussing it. And it's a problem. It needs to be discussed. I'm going to stop yelling now. I'm really going to stop yelling now, okay? I'm going to tell you about a new study. A new study that came out that examined 50,000 COVID hospitalizations in VA hospitals, Okay. And half of them, half of those, about half of those hospitalizations were mild or no symptoms. You see, COVID hospitalization data does not separate by the severity of it. So it's just, here's how many are hospitalized. And it's it's because a significant amount of those hospitalized were there for unrelated things like surgeries or other issues. And then they were required to be tested and then they tested positive probably falsely, but they still tested positive. And then they were counted as a COVID hospitalization, which drove up our numbers and terrified people and caused us into more lockdowns, which then 
cause us to not have herd immunity and it just becomes a circular thing. It becomes completely circular and people just don't see it. And I, oh, I'm yelling again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yelling again. Let me tell you a kind of funny, sad story. Tonight, someone I know told me that he had gotten two of the Moderna vaccines and then a couple months later decided he should also get the J&J because that would protect him. Then he went on to tell me that I could still get COVID even though I already had COVID. And I told him that that was extraordinarily rare and so can he still get COVID? And then he said it was more likely that I would get it. And I said, no, actually, according to the study in Israel, you're 13 times more likely to get it. Did I say 13? I told him, like, you're much more likely to get it. And he, would you, this is what he said to me. Well, you have your studies and I have my studies. So, and that's, oh, it's true that there are a million studies out there and you can quote whatever you want. But just, just scientifically step back for a second here. You have a vaccine that, you, that they've openly admitted you can still get and spread COVID. I have natural immunity, which they have openly admitted would be very rare to get COVID again, okay? Very clearly, I, the person with natural immunity, am more protected than you with your vaccine. But no, you can't. You can't. This is, this is why I don't argue with people anymore, uh, people who won't listen, people who won't take in new data. There's a word for this. It's called cognitive dissonance. And it's people that have dug their heels in so much that they cannot listen to any other facts that drive them away from their opinion because they can't move off of that. Because if they move off of that, they would have to admit that they were wrong or they would have to admit that they didn't fully understand the facts or they would have to admit that they got a vaccine that maybe they shouldn't have gotten. And this is what happens. And they could see, I mean, it really takes someone seeing maybe a close person die or a close family member or seeing something or something happening to them. That's what it takes to kick people out of cognitive dissonance. And let me give you an example of this, okay? ABC, uh, you can go on ABC's page. They put out a, 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 I'm not sure which ABC. I know there's like 100 different little stations or if this was the big one, but I got to read it. They put out a post that said like, did a loved one that you know that was unvaccinated die from COVID? Well, this post went, went viral, but it didn't go viral because of all the people sharing about their unvaccinated family members or friends dying of COVID. It went viral because of all the people sharing how their vaccinated family member or friend died of COVID or their vaccinated family member or friend died from the shot. And let me tell you, these stories are terrifying. It's worse, like, because they're so detailed than theirs when you go and you read those. This story went viral because it had so many that people were shocked. So many stories of heartache and, and, and pain and and it's not being listened to and it's not in the mainstream media. And I think, I think we know why. I think we know why. How do you push a third dose if you're sharing stories like that? How do you push a fourth dose if, if people know they can still die? Today, um, uh, Israel reported that their third dose enhanced protection for those 60 and older for guess how many days? Guess how many? 12. So if you get a third dose as a 60 year or older, you have 12 more days of protection, 12 days. I mean, yeah, cause that's worth the risk, right? I mean, I, oh. 
Um, I'm sorry, guys. This is more of a rant today because I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where we're at anymore. Uh, we have a president who has no idea what's going on. Absolutely no idea what's going on. We have Dr. Fauci leading all of these medical decisions and he can't answer basic questions. And it came out this week that they have now proven that he lied under oath about gain of function. So you have these two people making these decisions regarding everything that we do and they have no idea what they're doing. Not none, none at all. And we know, we know Dr. Fauci's benefiting because he's the highest paid government employee. And we know, we know Biden doesn't have it all together. I, I, I don't even know what to say about that, man. I'm almost speechless. But here's my suggestion to you. And I've said it before. Don't comply. Don't do what you don't want to do. Think for yourselves. Get informed. Find the information out. Make informed decisions. You want to know if masks worked? Read all of the information on masks, not just what the CNN puts out. Go read the peer-reviewed studies from before COVID. Go talk to a, a surgeon about why they wear a mask because they don't wear it for viruses. I can tell you that right now. Then ask them about the, the conditions in which they wear a mask. Ask them what happens if they touch their mask. Ask them what happens, um, what, 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 what temperature their room is that they're in. Ask them. Ask them if they would put a mask on a child in that same setting. Now, Unfortunately, many doctors may say yes to that nowadays because, well, you know, because they're just so full of propaganda. But I got it. I just, I cannot encourage you enough to inform yourself, not just by listening to me, but go read your own facts. Read. Do not read from one source. I don't want to see you on Fox News and get that. That's it. Okay. I unfortunately read CNN. I unfortunately read and watch MSNBC. I mean, it's torture. I do it. I list, I watch and listen to the um, Blaze. I watch and listen to Glenn Beck. I watch and listen to Don Lemon. Ugh. I watch and listen to um, Breitbart, uh, Stephen Crowder, Ben Shapiro, even though he drives me nuts pushing this vaccine. And his wife's a doctor. Good for him. Um, you know, I, I, you got to get your information from everywhere so that you can make an informed decision off of all of the facts and not just the little tiny bit of facts that they're giving you. Because just like that man that I talked to tonight who believed that he was more protected than me, but the science doesn't say that at all. And in his mind, he's going, I can't believe this woman's not vaccinated. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I can't believe you did get vaccinated. And here we are. And it's divisive. And it's not what we need. Okay. And on top of all of this divisiveness, we now have hospitals and doctors and CEOs coming out and saying, I don't think we should treat the vaccinated. I think if they get COVID and they get sick, they shouldn't be treated. Absolutely, unbelievably against the Hippocratic Oath for the first, for the just like, duh. Um, but how disgusting is that? Again, I discussed this before. You don't treat people based on how well you think that they took care of themselves. Because if we did that, I mean, like 70% of deaths in the United States are because of things that could have been helped, like diabetes, heart disease, obesity, um, smoking, um, drinking, liver disease. I mean, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? And it just frustrates me so much that that's even an option. Also, I am beyond, beyond pissed off at the United States and the fact that we are not triaging those who have COVID. My husband and I know someone younger than us, under 
40, that just died of COVID. And let me tell you something. He had comorbidities and he tested positive for COVID. And at that moment, when he tested positive, wherever he tested positive through the health department, his doctor, he should have gotten immediate referral to go to the hospital because he had severe comorbidities, okay? He, he needed to be watched. If someone has comorbidities and they have COVID, wouldn't it make sense to go and get them the monoclonal antibodies because he just tested positive and it's a, he's pretty new into that? And then get him the monoclonal antibodies, then watch his oxygen and see what you can do. Just for, forget the fact that we could give him ivermectin and the amazing things that we've seen on that. Let's just ignore that for a second. At least you could monitor that person. But no, what do we do in the United States? We don't triage anything. We give a person a test and we say, go home and quarantine. Go to the hospital if you can't breathe. That's it. That's our, our, our treatment. Then you go to the hospital when you can't breathe. You're so far gone that they, they vent you. And we know that like 1% of people uh, that were vented lived. Uh, man, I don't know if that's 100% right. But I'm going to tell you right now. Last I read, it was like highly, highly st statistically improbable to survive once you were vented. So why aren't we triaging? Why? The hospitals aren't that full. We know the hospitals aren't that full. We know the beds aren't full is what I should say. The problem is there's more beds than there are doctors. There are more beds than there are nurses because we have a nursing shortage. There are more beds than there are healthcare workers. So due to that, people don't can't get care. They can't get care. And I, I, I saw a nurse this week put out this thing and I, I want you to do this for me. If you or a loved one have COVID to the point where you have to go to a hospital, you call that hospital before you go and you see what their treatment plan is for COVID. If they're not going to even think of giving ivermectin as if they won't, you know, I understand if they won't give it in the beginning because most of them won't right now. I don't understand, but I get that that's what's going on. But if they won't give it as a life-saving measure when, when you're going downhill, because that's what happened with my husband and I's friend, they wouldn't, he didn't get ivermectin. He, why not try it? If he, if he really is that bad and he's going to die and he did die and I, I'm livid about it, why not at least try the ivermectin? What is the harm? We know of those two cases where the people went to court and won and got ivermectin and their cases turned around and they went home and they lived. So why not try it? But again, why are we not triaging? Oh, that's what I was telling you guys. Okay, so here's the thing. Find out what your hospital does. If you have to drive three hours away to a hospital that has a better protocol for COVID, do it. If you have to drive to, I have a friend who said if they get COVID, they're driving to Cleveland because that's like one of the best hospitals for COVID. That's what I would do. That's what I would be. I would tell my husband, you drive me to Cleveland right now. I don't care. Pack up the kids. We've done 13 hours to South Carolina. We can do eight hours to, North, to uh, Cleveland and we're gonna go to that hospital. That's what I would do. Now, fortunately, we've already had COVID, but you wouldn't do, you would do the same exact thing for your child. If your child was really sick and you were very concerned, you'd drive them to Boston Children's Hospital. You probably wouldn't go to your local hospital unless you weren't that concerned. But if it was a real concern that you knew needed specialized care, you would go to the best of the best, right? Now, I'm gonna apologize because I realize that a lot of my stuff today was me ranting and yelling. And I don't know, maybe you enjoy that kind of thing, you know, like a little uh, getting yelled at type thing. I, um, it's not as normal for me, but 
I'm getting there. I, I just don't know where we are anymore as a country. Um, I love the United States of America. Um, my husband has been in the military for 19 years, it'll be soon. And it's come with a lot of deployments and sacrifices and hard times. And I truly, truly um, am grateful for the men and the women who have died and stood up and sacrificed for this country. And to see it going the way that it's going, it just, it really hurts my heart. And I am, I don't want to say scared because fear is not of God. But I'm concerned about the things coming down the road for my children. And I hope and I pray that I am doing what I can to make sure that they are firm in that foundation so that when these things do come, because inevitably they will, inevitably will be in end times, that my children can stand firm in their faith and share the love of Christ with others and build those people up and know who they are in Christ. And that's that's the best thing that I can do. Because listen, guys, I could, I could give you a million facts right now. I really could. I have them. They're all in my head. They're just like bouncing around in there and I can't keep them straight. And I could talk to you to your ears bled about all of this, just all of all of this going on. And uh, if you ask my husband, I do that to him. Um, he does not listen to my podcast because he is my podcast. He listens to my podcast all week long because every time I read something, I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I get <laughs> My kids are like, not again, mom, please. But I really could, I could do this forever. But the fact is, at the end of the day, all of this is just white noise. It's white noise in the background to a spiritual war. And there is a real spiritual war going on. We know that this this battle is not against flesh and blood. And we know, well, I know, and I hope that you know, that there is something bigger going on here. And knowing all of these facts and knowing all of what you know, yes, it'll help you to stand for what's right. And yes, I, I hope you, that you don't comply if you don't want to. Um, but in the long run, it's not what matters. It's just not. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, get on it. You know, get on it. Get in the Word. Maybe you don't believe it. I encourage you, like I encouraged you to listen to all of those different sources on the news and facts and science and information. I encourage you to take in all of the information on God, on the Word of God on the Bible. Read the Bible. Read things that go against the Bible. Read some books. Get get an make an informed decision because I'm going to tell you right now, I'll tell you something I know. God's word does not return void. So you might, a little least trouble for you here, you might go and read the Bible and go, I don't believe that and read something else and read something and, and be like, I don't believe that. But let me tell you something. When you read that Bible, that that word does not return void. And what I mean by that is that's in there. That word, that got into you and I believe that at the point exactly that God wants it to, that he will cultivate it, that he will help it to grow, and you will come to know the amazing God that I know. And you will come to have a peace that all of this stuff that I'm getting riled up about and all of this stuff that I'm ranting and raving about doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Because 
at the, this is one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things when I was, when I first got saved, uh, it was even my screen name back when we had AOL, when we had like the AIM the messenger things. I'm dating myself here. I'm like aging myself here. Um, uh, my screen name was It's His Victory. And it sounds so basic and corny and like, oh, I'm a, it was a teeny bopper, blah, blah, blah. But it's the truth. At the end of the day, I might lose my job, lose my religious exemption, and I know God will provide for me, but all of that might happen. But at the end of the day, I know who's winning this battle. And I know that I'm going to celebrate winning that battle with him. I know Jesus is coming back for me. So... There is an ultimate peace in that. Even when I get riled up about all this stuff, there's an ultimate peace at the core of me that knows I'm good. I'm good. My kids are good. My family is saved. I believe it because the word says it. And I hope and I pray that through all of this stuff that I speak to you, because I don't get into the word on here with you as much. I'm trying to inform you about what's going on there. I hope that before you go and you take all this stuff in, you're taking in the word. I hope that you're praying and having quiet time and personal times. And I'm challenging myself to do more of that myself. These things are important. Do not get me wrong. But there is nothing more important than your relationship with God. A true, true relationship with God. And now that I'm done preaching to you, I wanted to give you a quick reminder that um, I'm back next week. But... Uh, I am also on Facebook now. I've been on Facebook for 10 years, but Set Apart with KC is on Facebook. And you can check out my page. You can also check out uh, the BMG Network for my past podcasts. I promise I don't rant in those ones as much. Um, but also on the bmgnetwork.com, there are some other really great content that I really think that you'll enjoy if you enjoy mine. Um, there's some political content and um, some other great uh, opinion stuff. And there is a... Um, an, uh, uh, like a news a, a news article, like some written stuff that you can read. Um, it's getting late here, so I'm rambling. But I want to let you know that I think you should check it out because it's pretty stinking cool. And either way, I hope that you'll join me next Friday on Set Apart with KC, only on the BMG Network. Set Apart with KC was produced, edited, and recorded in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of Set Apart with KC, go to thebmgnetwork.com. Join me next time on Set Apart with KC, only on the BMG Network. <laughs> <laughs>